Hey girl, you feel that? That's boyfriend material. This is episode 15, Blue Valentine from 2010. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode is brought to you by Chiffon. Oh, you mean Chiffon? No, that's boyfriend material. Do you so know what, what is, is Chiffon? No, I don't know what Chiffon is. It's a soft, sheer material without any sheen that they normally use for wedding dresses. Oh, very, very poignant. Yes. God, this movie is about a marriage, isn't it? I warned you. I was like, uh, this is, um, it's, it's, it's devastating. It's an emotionally devastating movie. It is. You guys, like everyone that I had talked to knew that it was depressing. So I was expecting it being depressing in a kind of like in your face depression kind of way. Oh yeah. No, this is like, uh, no, it's literally, Hey, you want to see a marriage begin and then fall apart? Watch this movie. Yeah. This is like at the same time as they're cutting back and forth from the wedding to them, like him walking out, like, Oh boy. Yeah. And I think that this is actually worse because it's like too realistically depressing, right? Like that's what I was feeling. I was watching this. I was like, I was waiting for some like pivotal moment be like, okay, this is where it gets depressing, but no, it's just like a nice long depression the whole time. Yeah. I saw this movie several years ago. Um, it was okay. back, well, like, before Letterboxd, maybe before I knew about Letterboxd or whatever, and I sort of, you know, in my many incarnations of having blogs, I just, I remember sort of doing, like, short-ish movies, like, basically what I do on Letterboxd, but on my own blog. And I okay. still remember the only one, the only review that I remember from that is just my quote-unquote review of this movie. It was just a, a sad face, like a sad face emoji, because I was just like, it's just, it's so bleak. But it's, it's beautiful. Like, this is a beautiful movie, but it's, it's just, great. wow, it is, oh boy, it is, um... The content is heavy. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like, like I was saying, yeah, it's not like there's like one pivotal heavy thing about it. It's like the whole fucking movie is just a downer, dude. It's good. It's not a bad movie. It's something that I would never, ever choose to watch again. And like, I would never recommend this movie to anyone. I, d- I don't know what the audience is. Well, who, who do you as, we'll, as we'll find audience? out later, the, the audience, the audience is letterboxed. Like, it, okay. it, you know, like this is exact. This is firmly in that wheelhouse of like art house, depressive, depressive high school girls who love Gosling and want to cry, and also me. I yeah. watched this movie from eight o'clock this morning to ten o'clock, and I cried two and a half times. Like I woke up like almost crying because I just started this movie. I was just like, oh no, like this is uh, this is this is a lot. This is a lot to handle. I couldn't bring myself to let myself get into it enough to cry about it. I put up an emotional shield. Mm-hmm. As I was watching this, like I felt where it was going and like what was going, and I was just like, "Oh fuck, this is hard." I had texted Rachel, told her I missed her. Like th- it was bad. This is definitely not a, a fun time Saturday afternoon movie for sure. Like you no, need correct. to be, you need to be emotionally ready to watch this one. I think. So, can you guess the two and a half times that I cried? No, I, I can't. There's so much. <laughs> There's a lot of possibilities of when you That's could. what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know what, if you give me the first one, I could probably get the second one. So the first one was when he unpacks the veterans, when he unpacks Walter. I was going to say this. When he takes care of, what's his name? Yeah. Walter, yeah. Oh my and God. And he hangs up, he hangs up all of his uh, mm-hmm. matches mm-hmm. and like shows him where his shoes are. That was very sweet. Contender for most boyfriend material oh. moment for sure. I was right? just like, I was like, oh god, because like you see him. So the movie, so this is directed by Derek C. in France, who did. The, did you remember the it? on the Pines? Did you remember this movie? Is that why that part choked you up? No, I just what hit me about the the two times that I cried is the way that. I think that it plays with time. This movie is directed yeah. by Derek C. in France, who directed The Gosby on the Pines, which is not 
out of order, but it's three like lim- like three different times, right? Like it's yes. the Gosling era, and then it's the Bradley Cooper era, and then it's their children, right? So like he's got this very yep. fragmented, segmented vision of what how a story should be told. Yes, I also like that in both these movies, he's got like this real like dirtbag view of Ryan Gosling, like in in Gosby on the Pines, like you know with that bleach blonde hair and all the tattoos, and, like the cigarette the yeah, entire he's such time. A fuck boy, yeah. Like here, he's just you know in modern in present day, he's like. You know, a loser. He's, he's kind That's of it. like a dirt dirtbag loser. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it's, but it's not even like a loser. Like in a bat, he just like he's not he's not living up to his potential. He's very content with just like having shitty jobs like he has no aspirations essentially so that's and we're when we get to the the most and least boyfriend material moments i think that that's one that i sort of have as like a mixed because like you know he's such i feels like from what we see he's such a good dad and he wants to be a good husband he just doesn't give a shit about anything else right and like that drives michelle williams crazy like yeah, she's like you're so good at so many things like why don't you it's like all i want to do is like be a husband and a father I which don't is respectful that. that's, right that's super cool like there's dudes that really like i i know dudes that like live to be fathers yeah or like live to be husbands and that's totally respectable that's a cool thing that that shouldn't be looked down upon I don't know. Women are so weird sometimes. You would think that, like, by description, like, that's, like, the most boyfriend material moment. Like, you're like, you do you. Like, I want you to, like, you know, study to to become a doctor. I want you to be the best you can be. And I want to be here to love you and support you and take care of our daughter, who I love more than anything in the world. And yet, it also feels like... Isn't that on paper what every woman wants? Like, just a completely devoted man? Like, But it feels like Michelle Williams does not want that. I know! That's what's so fucking weird about it. So that's why it's sort of maybe a possibly a uh, least boyfriend. Like, I don't know... We'll get to that, but I also feel like, not that he is right and she's wrong in this, but she has had a life with a capital L, and uh, I just think that she doesn't know... It's not even that bad. I mean, like, it's bad. It's not good. I mean, we'll we'll get to that, but uh, so... Okay. I just want want to get through the the crying thing, so... go ahead. No, 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 don't, don't be sorry. We're, we're, we're talking about the movie. I know, yeah. It's not like we're, like, off on a weird tangent. Like, we're still talking about the movie, but yeah, go ahead. So, the first time was because he was just so good and so pure. Like, he starts off as a good father, but, like, you can tell that things are not going well with him it's and Michelle Williams. It's a strained relationship somehow. We yes. don't know why. And we don't exactly know why, and, you know, it's just, like, he's he's so... It feels like he's beaten down, right? Like, in, in this role as husband, like, he is beaten down, and he's just, like, this sort of shell of a man. Yeah. And you see him unpacking, like, as this moving company, which apparently is a real moving company. They just, like, Derek C. and France, like, hired a real company to, like, be in the movie, and, like, the boss is the actual the guy who owns the company. Like, it's just, like... Oh, really? Weird... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why, but it's it's cool. It's cool. I like it, yeah. You see him there as this, before he's broken down, when he's sort of, you know, still maybe not driven, maybe he's still just like, this is a way to get some money or whatever. Well, that's the beginning of the movie, that's the beginning of their relationship, right? Right, but he just does such too good of a job for this guy by their standards, right? Like, he unpacks all of stuff, he, like, makes his room look beautiful, he hangs up the Christmas lights, he hangs up all the matches on the wall, he hangs up the uniform. The picture of him and his wife. And I was yeah. like, oh god, like, this is, like, he's being so sweet, like, he's being such a good guy, just to sort of see where he, it's, you know, it's kind of crying about, like, what happens to all of us, right? Like, it's just, like, you know, we're all, we can all be broken, because, so f- from life, essentially, right? Like it's just... But he doesn't really lose the, like, the wonderment. The brokenness comes, but he doesn't lose his, like, love and attention. Like, he's still a good guy, right? Like, yeah, that's not what gets broken from him. He just, like, gets broken because of the relationship, not because of that, you know? Yeah. So that was number one. Do you want to guess number two was after that? Not necessarily a dumb moment, but it's not like a big moment. It's kind of a, well, it's, mm, it's kind of a, an important moment, but it's not like this huge event in the movie. When she's, like, disappointed with the hotel room? No. Because that was pretty 
like emotionally jarring for me. I try to do nice things for Rachel. If she ever was just like, this is stupid, just don't tell me. Because <laughs> yeah. that hurts, man. He was trying to do something so sweet in, in his capabilities. Yeah. And for her to just be like, I don't want to do this. He was just trying to get her out of there. Just like give her a breathe. Like, it hurt, man. That was rough for me to watch. Do you mean the room that is inside of a robot's vagina, as he says? Yeah, because it was like room. so quirky and cute. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's harmless. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little, it's a little detail. And I don't know. It could, it could mean a couple different things, I guess. But like, the reason why they go to this place is because the dog gets let out. We find out that Michelle Williams lets the dog out. The dog gets hit and killed by a car. She finds the dog on the way to the daughter's rehearsal or the daughter's yeah. musical or performance. Give the daughter to the grandparents for the day so they can bury the dog and sort of be like, hey, he's a Hollywood dog now. He's not around. You know, he's on a farm. Which was a really cute play, too. That's a great Boyfriend Material moment, too. It is. I think he's going to be a Hollywood dog now. He probably went to go get acting jobs. Like, come on. That's the best way to handle that. They do that, and they kind of just have, you know, like, a day, because, you know, the daughter's at the grandparents' house, and burying the dog probably took an hour or whatever, and so he's like, well, why don't we go to the the motel or whatever? Because he says, and this is a very little detail, which it could mean a couple different things, but he's like, we have a gift certificate. And maybe somebody gave it to him, but I feel like it was something that he tried to do in the past that was nice for her, and it just never worked out. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like, yeah. I'll take you on this, like, sort of romantic, like, you know, not necessarily like, super nice, but like a little nice gesture, like, in our, our New York town poor, or whatever that we can when you're go. you're poor, there's not much you can do like this, right? Like, so it, it's a very sweet gesture, I think. And so I think it's just, it's doubly sad that he did this nice thing for her in the past, and she, you know, she, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, let's go use it right now or whatever. It was just like, he did this thing for her probably, and then it never came true and then he finally brings her there and she's like uh it's ugh. you know what i mean like it's the double the double and not and, and it's not really like her fault she has she has greater aspirations yeah and she, you know she should be able to have nicer things she's you know working in a hospital kind of setting mm-hmm. i'm sure that like the doctor has some money and like you know how are you going to compete with that or your co-workers or what it's it sucks. I didn't cry there. I think maybe, you know, if I had had sort of uh, that kind of experience before, you know, thought about it like that, I might have. Because I mean, there's like everything in this movie could make somebody cry. Yeah, it's it's sad. But no, the second time I cried was, we find out sort of like a, 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 a Rashomon situation where it's like multiple perspectives of the same event that we yes. see him unpacking Walter's stuff and we see him, you know, take the money and leave. But then we later see Michelle Williams getting her grandma at this nursing home and she sees him take the money. He kind of falls in love with her instantly. Like, he's talking to his co-worker. And he's like, I just, I felt like I knew her, right? And, like, he, like, is smitten by her. And he talks to her. And he's like, yeah, here's my number. It's not my phone. But if you call there, I'll know that you call and I'll call you back or whatever. And then she never calls. He sort of tries to find a reason to go see Walter again. And he finds a necklace that he left behind or whatever. Goes to the hospital, you know, to talk to the grandma. Goes yeah. to the nursing home. Finds out Walter's gone or his bed's empty. Goes across the hall talks to the grandma, the grandma doesn't know where he went, but then she tells him, you know, her, her granddaughter's name, right? And yeah. then he just is like, all right, cool, like, I, I have a lead, essentially. And he, he gets on the bus to go home, and then on the bus is Michelle Williams. And, like, it's just, like, this fate, they were meant to be together, essentially, and he sits down yeah. next, like, there's empty seats everywhere, and he just says, do you mind if I sit here? All the other seats are taken, and she just kind of laughs or whatever. And... Again, kind of a dumb moment to cry at, but I think just, like, how sweet and pure and happy she was. But when she tells the child molester joke, I cried there. 
because really? yeah because i was just like oh like she's so hopeful in a way and like she's joking and like the rest of the movie she is not joking you know what i mean like she's not yeah like she's so weighed down by her career and by her family and by her former loves and like her current love and her parents and all this stuff I just, it was just like, she was so hopeful there at like what could be, and we know it's going to be good. Oh, it's so sweet. Yeah, the beginning of any relationship, it's just so cute, right? Like, they're just smitten with each other, like. But yeah, basically um, crying at the child molester joke, which is a a good joke. It was a damn good joke. Yeah, I liked it. I was saving that one up. I'm going to, I'm going to use that. There's a child molester and a little boy walking into the woods. Child molester. The little boy keep walking further and further, and it's getting darker and darker, and they're going deeper and deeper into the woods. And the child molester, the little boy looks up at the child molester, and he says, "Gee, Mister, I'm getting scared." And the child molester looks down at him and says, "You think you're scared, kid? I gotta walk out of here alone." I was like, I can't believe I'm crying right now, but I cried right there. And then the other time that I almost cried was the very, very end because like it's so beautifully cut together of like their marriage falling apart as they're literally getting married in the flashback. And then what would have like I should have just watched the Blu-ray because I have the Blu-ray, but I watch it on Netflix because it's easier. It literally cuts to credits and we smash cut to a full page screen ad for the new Adam Sandler movie. And I'm like, I can't even have a moment to like. <laughs> sit and like the, reflect on the, the movie. body's like, still warm like it doesn't even say like directed by Derek C in France before we see Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston <laughs> like on an island somewhere I'm like motherfucker those are geared towards like your taste right because like the Netflix algorithm so I got girls incarcerated season two is up <laughs> Because I love that show so much. And it was like, hey, reminder, you can watch Young Girls in Jail Be Hood Rats. And I was like, oh, yeah. Because I saw you like tweet about yeah. that you got Adam Sandler immediately. And I got uh, Incarcerated Teen Girls immediately. So Because I feel like, you know, not that you ever necessarily want to cry during a movie, but I feel like you kind of like almost need to cry. Like you need, you need some kind of release, right? Like it's just like, oh, like this was like so well done and so like, you know, beautifully put together. And then just to yeah. be smacked upside the head with an ad i was like god damn it <laughs> yeah i can see i can see your feels yeah that would make sense but yeah those those are my three and I, you know i are two and a half because i i felt it coming i was just like oh i guess i guess i went from like sad to anger just like immediately because i was like damn it like come That's on a good way to do it though you know like you got over your sadness because like i'm still moping around over here about this movie <laughs> I wish I could have been Adam Sandler pissed off and just gotten through this, but sure. Actually, I have a, I have a, so I have a question for you about the, the podcast. So this is our 15th episode, and I think oh. a long time ago when we were going every three months, we were saying that after 15 we were going to do a re-ranking, but I think because now we are... And I, I don't want to jump the gun, but I think based on our, our ambitious schedule of recording... Yes. I think we're probably going to do this weekly. So I think the way, and this is, you know, this is us figuring this out live on air, so the next one that's going to come out... The last one we recorded is All Good Things, which comes out on its regularly scheduled the 21st, okay? Yeah. I yeah. think this should come out, like, August 1st, which gives a little bit of buffer, and then we just have weekly from there on. Assuming that we can get to a place where we have, like, a block cataloged, I think that that gets us in a really good position. So the reason I bring this up now on air, aside from letting listeners know that, you know, hey, you know this is at your new scheduled time, if you're listening and you're not finding this months after the fact we were going to rank the movies again because we did like a ranking i think after 10 uh we're gonna do after 15 because it was gonna be like a year and a half later but i think we should probably do it after 20 and then again at the very end does that make sense i'm down i'm totally down yeah i'm I'm definitely not prepared to do one today i have to like sit there and think about it the ranking list for us for me takes a long time you know i have to like 
claw through it and it not being too fast too forever right it would take even longer right because i have to like go through and like really think about them i'm down but my uh my spoiler is that this is a top five for me it's good it's definitely good i i don't know just because i don't want to watch it again right yeah i'm not sure exactly what my list is sort of like like i still have like you know thinking today i was because i still have la la land at number one i'm like is it really number one i also just haven't watched it in a while yeah. I was like it's it's that and like the the nice guy the nice guys and then there's a couple like there's so many we've talked about this a few times like there's got so many good movies but I just yeah. think that the the way that it's shot and like what it sort of takes advantage of you know his his skills here and it takes advantage of Michelle Williams skills and like it's just it's so goddamn good it's depressing Isn't she the as same all chick, hell but now that I think about it she's in another she's in fucking the Casey Affleck one too Manchester by the Sea right yeah. She uh, so she just uh, loves playing these like really depressing movies, I guess. There was I don't remember the description, but something like you know she's like our preeminent like sad queen essentially because she just is like in the most depressing movies of all time, which is Apparently. why because she's also in The Greatest Showman, and so people on Letterbox and stuff like people I follow on Letterbox were like, it doesn't ring true to me to see Michelle Williams happy in a movie. Like it just I can't empathize with her because she's supposed to be sad and mopey all the time. Yeah. Exactly. She's also a uh, spoiler. I haven't. I saw this movie once, like forever ago, and I don't remember anything about it. She's also in the United States of Leland, which is a very, very early Gauze movie that we'll get Ooh. to in a handful of movies. So she's going to come back. I don't remember who she is in that. I don't know if she has a big part or not, but that was one of the the trivia bits uh, in this movie about that. So yeah, so let's talk about Blue Valentine. I guess we could do what we did last time and just sort of go through the movie in order but yeah. like the, the key boyfriend moments yeah i like that i like that so i think that's... the movie starts off with like a really nice boyfriend moment where it's just like he's being such a good dad to his daughter that he's just like this super yes. attentive super lovey super playful dad like eating just, like leopards wonderful right? yeah oh boy yeah he's so cute with her he just seems like he the mom seems stressed you couldn't mm-hmm. get the like strain then and i get that she's like oh i'm taking care of two kids essentially you know, and that could be a little frustrating. But you can't also be mad at him because he's not like doing anything wrong with the daughter. He's not like inattentive or something. You know what I mean? Like, would you rather have a husband that's just like a giant child, or would you rather have one that like just doesn't care? And it's also right. not his kid, right? So, mm-hmm. which so, we yeah, don't know it's... until the you know till the end, essentially, right? Yeah. Like it's uh, that it was Brian Ontario, which is yeah. a a hell of a name her kid with him but basically the same time that gosling got with her you know she was just like getting over him or whatever right so yeah it's not his kid and like he still loves it like it's it's his kid which is you know so sweet yeah it's awesome so yeah we start out and he's in a really good boyfriend material place i agree and he's also you know when when they're going when 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 michelle williams is driving her to i guess to school or wherever she's going and he's just you know seatbelt seatbelt like he's just being so sweet there like a continuation of the scene michelle williams seems distracted or seems but not that she doesn't. I thought that she just... was gonna die in the car right there. Oh, because everybody's telling me this is a depressing movie. I thought she was gonna with the no seatbelt. I thought they were just hinting that she was gonna die in the car. And then there's like the later thing where he's like, "Do you want me to get into a car accident?" And there's like a bunch of car things. And when they were both driving, I mm-hmm. thought one of them was gonna get t-boned and die. And I thought that, that was gonna be the depressing part about it. You know mm. what I mean? I thought that she was gonna be like stressed and distracted, and like either the daughter dies or she dies, or you know, I thought one of these was gonna happen. Well, so without giving spoilers for Manchester by the Sea, you brought it up. Which movie do you think is more depressing, that one or this one? 
because they're different. I think they're both very plausible and real in how they're depressing. You know, what, which, which do you think is... I think that this one is probably more depressing for me. I hate watching sad relationships. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I can't stand it. Like, it really tugs at me. Like, I, I don't want to ever be in this experience. I don't want to have this experience. Like, you know, I've, I've been in relationships, they've ended, but like, a marriage that just you just see just crumbling. Yep. Like, with like the time and the effort and the kids and like fuck man that's just really do- this is like a long tragedy that you just like watch unfold well, it's like a so, car cr- it's a car crash in slow motion essentially right like exactly that's how i feel about it so i think that this one is probably a little bit more depressing for me not that i want to watch either of them again and i think they're both depressing this one for me personally my taste i think this one's more depressing I think why this one, I agree with you, but I think I agree for a different reason, because I think we see the before and after here. Like, that we only yes. see the after. Like, we see Casey Affleck as, like, a monstrous asshole, but we don't know why. Like, we know that something happened, right? Otherwise, he would just be, like, an un- like not that he's necessarily rootable, like, not that you want to root for him, but, like, if he was just like that for no reason, you'd be like, oh, fuck this guy. But the fact exactly. that, like, something had happened to him, we eventually find, like, the, the gut punch of that movie is finding out what happened, why he, so he, was, he was responsible for it. That is a slap in the face but I feel like here because we see the before and after because we see what they were like if we had seen more of him with Michelle Williams and their kids and whatever in Manchester by the Sea before it all fell apart I think yeah. that would have been potentially as devastating as this I mean not that it's you know, that far off but it's just like because we don't see the before we just see the after Ugh. also this you know, this might have been possibly uh, I mean it would have been a wildly different movie maybe one that you liked more but they shot everything sort of in time order like they shot all the stuff where they were getting together first and then they lived together for like a month Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams and the, the girl who plays their kid Frankie okay. they lived together for a month and then they shot the the, the later stuff right so like it's just like they, they kind of a weird way to do it right it is a weird way to do it but the director said you know spend time together you only have two like he gave them two hundred dollars every two weeks for groceries like basically live like your oh. characters would live right oh and, that's yeah. rough and so yeah. that was it was like this really kind of you are these people like make it work and he also told them like learn how to pick fights with each other so like it must have been like a miserable like an important month but a miserable month so anyway i think that i would pick fights like you don't even need to try to pick fights oh god living poor is horrible one mm-hmm. like it's very conducive to you fighting so if you had like a child and a person even if you were actors and you were like trying to be nice to this person and you only had $200 every 2 weeks for groceries it would yep. be like oh fuck like you're going to you're going to fight you're going to be like like yeah. why the fuck did you buy like organic blueberries you know we don't have any fucking money you know what i mean like or especially, whatever especially when you're like you know i have to take care of this girl and like you know this isn't my kid like why am i doing this and also michelle williams so here's another thing so michelle Go williams ahead. has at least one kid if not more than one kid i did not realize or i didn't know or remember that she was dating Heath Ledger and the mother of his kid when he died. What the fuck? Seriously? Yeah. Apparently when he so was So she has a child with Heath Ledger, an actual yeah. child. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So like she was taking care of like they they were going to film this movie in 2008 and then he died and so they were like Jesus, we'll just wow. wait. And so they waited to instead of recasting her, they waited and then they just shot it with her. Well, she's like the ultimate sad queen now. Like I know. it would be I, like why would you not want her to be she is this character. It's just like fuck, we have to wait for her to like not be suicidal essentially. Right. 
until she can shoot a movie about a shitty relationship. Like, oh, God. And this is a movie that the, the director had been working on for, uh, like, 12 years, I think? Like, he'd been working on it for, like, a decade. Like, he rewrote the script 67 times, which seems... Jesus, you know, that's I'm impressive. sure that there's a lot of movies that we that, that are good that have been rewritten a lot, but this feels like a lot, a lot. Yeah. Um, something like she read, like, the 43rd version of the script or something like that. Anyway, so I think it was sort of like, oh, I've been working on this since 1998. I can wait a couple years because, like, she's the one that I want in this movie, right? So she was, like, living with Gosling or, you know, spending all day with Gosling or whatever, and then she would have to go home at night and take care of her actual family. It's just like, oh, boy. Oh, God. Like, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a lot. The reason I brought this up, or the, the, the thing that I was going to bring up first, they filmed the first part or the first, you know, in the, basically all the flashbacks over the span yeah. of three weeks, right? Everybody was apparently so into it that they almost redid the movie entirely and just called it Valentine and had to be a movie about falling in love. Oh, so it's just going to be just a happy movie. Yes. Interesting. But then they're like, no, we have to do this whole thing. It became it became what it is, which is, I think is great. It's just like, I kind of want to see the happy version of this. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, give me, give me the extra hour of the fun times and it just would be like a cute Ryan Gosling. It would have been like any cute Ryan Gosling movie, right? It could have been like La La Land or something, like without the musical intermissions. It could, it really could have been, you know? Like sure. they're like, like he could, he could become what? Chicken on a stick and fucking. It could have been the ending of La La Land, but they could have stayed together essentially, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's what this could have been you know like he like you know he was a mover okay cool but then he like gets his big break and he's now a jazz musician and yep um but the other thing was that uh you know i guess when they were like no we need to actually tell the story we need we need to be depressing about it essentially there was another version or there was another idea that the director had that he wanted to shoot this six years apart like actually have them like you know Do shoot like the them. boyhood type thing yes and so that's the, that's what i was saying so like i watched this year for the first time the before trilogy which is before sunrise before sunset and before midnight that is richard linklater's ethan hawk julie delpy trilogy about them like meeting as 22 year olds and then falling in love and then getting separated and then reconnecting seven years later or something like that or ten years later nine years later I think reconnecting nine years later they sort of meet up again there's next year the next movie is nine years after that so it's like 95 2004 2013 okay the boyhood he obviously shot for 12 years like from like 04 ish to 16 or whatever right and yeah. so he tells these like grand sweeping love stories and it feels like Derek C. and France wanted to do that both with like telling the story of them falling in love but also this idea that he wanted to shoot the beginning part, wait six years, and then shoot the, the later part. So it feels like he's kind of, I don't know, directly or indirectly drawing experience or drawing inspiration from Linklater, right? Like, he's just like, yes, I want to tell these I love agree. stories. Yeah. And I mean, I love those movies, and I feel like they're sort of the best examples of what they are, because like, nobody else sort of has the balls to do that, essentially. Agreed. It's hard to imitate that or replicate that, you know what I mean? So... Yeah. And the other thing, so I was, I was going to say before that I realized that the, the new season of Stranger Things is out. Yes, and I, I haven't no spoilers about that. Yes, I haven't started it at all. So. But uh, Steve, everybody's favorite Steve, we you know, with the yeah. great head of hair, uh, works at an ice cream store with this girl. And I was talking about the girl with Melissa. And I was just like, oh, she's like really cool. And she's cute. And she's a good actress and everything. And Melissa was like, oh, yeah, that's Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's daughter. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, I didn't realize that they were together, that they had a daughter, and so I could feel like... Yeah, that's weird. I thought she was just da- dating Tarantino, right? I don't know. I think they made a date for a while, but like they were married. Like Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman were married for like five years or something, and they had this daughter. Jesus. And I was like, and then you like look at her again. You're like, oh, like this is very clearly Uma Thurman's daughter. Like the way that she, like her face is like it's Uma yeah. Thurman. Like young. I was like, oh, yeah. But I was just like, how how do I you know, know how do know I not this. know that right? Like, whew. yeah. The, on the on the idea of kids, yeah. How did we not know that Heath Ledger and Michelle Williams had a kid? Weird. Derek C. and France wanted Michelle Williams 
actual daughter to play the daughter. And Michelle okay. Williams thought about it, but then she was like, my daughter doesn't really want to act. She wants to do other things. So she didn't. But I feel like how much tougher would that have been? You're acting alongside your real daughter whose dad just died. And you're talking, you're making a movie about like the disillusion of a marriage. Like, how, how, what? Yeah, I think it would have been really heavy. <laughs> like, the daughter would have needed some therapy for that one later. Like, yeah, my mom put me in this fucking movie about... Yeah. All right, so back to the uh, boyfriend moments. Just because, what was the la- the movie we just did with Goss? All, all Goss things. And we talked about him pulling her hair and him being upset about yes. it. Mm-hmm. And it was really great in this movie that we see Goss just get beat up by her over, like, she, like, swings on him a bunch, and he refuses to touch her. Yeah. And I was just like, good guy, Goss. Another connection that I, I, I noticed was that um, uh, in the last movie, he bails on her abortion, and here he actually is with her for what she thinks is going to be an abortion, then she can't go through with it. But I was just like, oh, another example of him being a good boyfriend in this movie. <laughs> Not his kid. She doesn't want it, but he's there for her. And then just seems like so genuinely happy, I think, or like supportive, at least, that she didn't go through with it. And then on the bus ride home, he's like, he basically proposes her like, hey, let's start a family. Like yeah. that is, compare that to what Robert Durst did in, in All Good Things, where it's just like, oh. Yeah, he could have just murdered her, right? Right. He could have murdered her, or, you know, he could have just gone to pick up the, uh, the the dirty laundered money or whatever. Much different Ryan Gosling in this movie than in the last movie. Yes, definitely. Both, both, <laughs> both are boyfriendy in a way. I, sure, yes. <laughs> in, a, in a way. In the loosest sense of the term, he is her boyfriend. Truly. So the, the next little sort of, uh, I guess, event, and we sort of already had sort of alluded to it, but when Michelle Williams is on the way to see her daughter sing, and she finds Megan, the dog Megan, dead in the street. It's a great dog name, by the way. I always make fun of, you know, new age dog names or pet names because they're all like avocado. That's like my mm-hmm. joke that every everybody has a cat named avocado now. Yeah. And that's kind of dumb. But in in the reciprocal, I like I like people that give their pet names like really human, human names. names. Yeah, like just the dog's just Megan. You know, like that's a great dog. It's like not something fun. It's just Megan. Just like, Megan. Yeah, yeah. Just like and they like they keep talking about it. Oh, I saw a good um, meme the other day. I'm sick of these people having human named pets. And it was like the host of my Airbnb was like, "Hey, uh, uh, sorry, but Fred might try to sleep with you tonight." So was like, <laughs> and she was like, "Wait, what?" Like, this, and he's like. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, Fred's my dog. Like, he likes that room, so he might try to sleep with you. Is all I'm trying to say. What if? And I don't want to, uh, you know, put words into this into this, you know, Airbnb host mouth. But like, what if it was actually like a swinger situation? Like, if they respond poorly, it's just like, oh yeah, no, Fred's my dog. But it's like, oh, okay, then like Fred's actually a person. Yeah, maybe. It's like a really good play, right? I wonder if you could use that as like a pickup line on a girl. Yeah, you need to have a dog named Fred though, so you could be like, oh, come here, Fred. The dog actually respond. You know what I mean? Like, you need to have that. What if your dog's name was like? I and then you'd be like I want to sleep I want to sleep with you tonight or something you know that I'm trying to play it out to be like how you could like suss a girl out to mm-hmm. see if she's like into it and be like oh no sorry that's my dog like you know he said he wanted to cuddle or so- like I thought you'd want to cuddle with my dog or something but well played yeah what if Fred is just like a gimp in their basement or something you, you brought up Uma Thurman so now I'm I did the brain uh gimp's yeah. still sleeping so that she gets to the rehearsal she gets to the concert whatever I feel like and I, 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 get, I know it's it's anger but I also feel like it's not helping things least boyfriend material possible moment when he's just like he's making her feel worse about it like like how many times have i told you to lock the fucking gate like i know that this yeah. is not it's not real it's it's maybe her fault 
not really her fault. It's not. But no, it's also it's like not. he's not doing anything. He's not he's not treating her well here and being like, hey, like it's okay, like we'll figure it out, you know, we'll we'll bury it, we'll get a new dog, whatever. The, it's just like this is your fault. How many times have I told you not to do that? I don't know. I feel I feel like this is a this is like that kind of older man response to it. Like instead of him grieving about the dog, he kind of just like blame like passes blame, yells at her about it, and that's kind of him grieving about like he already sees that she's upset, so he's like she's not gonna get more upset and like he can kind of pass guilt. It's not excusable and it's really shitty. I right. agree. But like I've definitely seen other people do similar things in situations this way. I get it. That's probably not what you should have done. You should have been more comforting. And I feel like in that sense, in terms of the kind of the old man approach to it, I feel yeah. like, you know, I, I love this movie for what it is. I, I don't think that I would change anything, but I feel like we see very quickly, but it's all you need, that early on when Michelle Williams is asking her grandma, she's like, well, how do you, like, what does it feel like to feel fall in love? And her grandma thinks about it. And she's like, I don't know. She's like, I think that missed me. Like, I, I don't think I ever fell in love, which is yeah not great to hear. I mean, it's, it's fine. Like, you know, people don't have to fall in love, but when you ask your grandma who has been married ostensibly to your grandpa forever and, you know, had children and everything. You're like, what's it like to fall in love? And she's like, oh, I never did. It's just like, oh, huh. Yeah. In that same conversation, they're talking about Michelle Williams' parents, which I guess is the grandma's daughter or son or whatever. They're in a perfunctory marriage. And so you sort of get this weight of, like, grandma never in love, this marriage that, like, is maybe healthier to have been separated but not that but didn't you know what i mean and you sort of feel like this weight of this history with this one character's like lineage right like she wants to be in love so bad and then later at the abortion we find out that she first had sex when she was 13 you know she's probably early 20s or something and she's already had like 25 partners hey no slut shaming no i'm not but i'm just saying like it it feels like she's been in in a lot of relationships for her age and she doesn't really know how to, I think, express love or find someone who, like, cares for her. Yeah, we see that with that, like, really awkward sex scene with her boyfriend at the time. It's just, like... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to... I'm, like, I'm not slutching here. I'm just saying, like, you know, I know, she's, I was just making fun of you. She, I know, I but she's... Teasing. You're but fine. she's had... Like, she hasn't had good examples of love in her life, and she's sort of trying well, to yes, sort of fend on her father. own. And I feel like that's kind of why Gosling, being supportive in his own way, even if he's not ambitious throws her off because she's like, I don't know how to handle this. It feels like, I mean, I'm sure that all the guys had treated her well at some point, but we see Brian Ontario, he doesn't seem like a good dude, like he, they, no. they run into each other later and the first question he asks after he says, are you married? Has he been faithful to you? And she's like, what kind of question is that? Like, it just feels like that kind of guy. I think she asked, he asked if, if she was faithful to him. Oh, yeah, which is even worse. Yeah, like, like, are you a whore? It, it was, like, so weird, yeah. And it just feels like he was kind of before Gosling, like, the love of her life or, you know, the most serious relationship before. I mean, it was the one just immediately before, but also, you know, the father of her child, and, like, it's, like, this this yeah. weighty thing, and for him to treat her like that just so casually, just like, oh, that's just cruel. But I was saying, the whole reason I started this rambly tangent was I don't think I would have changed anything, but later in the movie, we find out that Gosling's parents split up when they were, like, 11 or whatever, and yeah. he's like, I don't know what my mom did, she just left, my dad's a janitor, blah, blah, blah. It could have maybe been better, but I don't know where you weave it in. Like, if you want to sort of have him, like, the the passing of the buck of the, um, you know, the old man sort of like, oh, this is just how we handle things. Like, if we had sort of seen an example of his dad do that. Not that you need it, but I feel like, I like that idea, what you have, just like, why he is the way he is. I think maybe if we'd seen a little bit of that, or had him had a conversation. You want to see an interaction of his father? Is that what you're saying? Either interaction with his father, or just an interaction, like, him telling Michelle like, oh, I remember my dad used to take yeah. care of us like this or anything. Yes. yes. To explain why he's a good guy. Because like I don't think you need that, but I like your idea of like that's why he is the way he is. So rather just like assume that or just sort of read that like it's oh that's exactly kind of what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. So just to wrap up the the dead dog part, I think there's like a mixed boyfriend material moment where they bring Frankie to the grandparents' house and like he just stays outside. Like he just, I guess you know, it's kind of cool that he's there yeah. to support her, but like he's not he's not quite there. And he says goodbye. And he loves his daughter, but it's just like there's tension here. You know, there's a lot there's a lot to read into there. I think. I thought that they were gonna suss out why they have a a shit relationship like why Goss and the father have like a kind of distant relationship and they don't it actually makes it seem like you know I'm sure he knows about this past of like him being a shitty guy and would that be a reason for you to not be like cordial with your father-in-law you know yeah. what I mean like not even be like hey how's it going man sorry I'm smoking a cigarette I'll come in in a minute you know what I mean right he's just like I can't go in because I'm smoking but I'm only smoking because I don't want to go in yeah it's a weird thing and again this is just reading into it I don't know that it necessarily matters we see at that one dinner at the end of the movie that yes. the dad says she never brings her boyfriends around here. It must be pretty serious. And he says, I hope it is. And like he, I think he comes off as well as he possibly can come off, but he's not bringing a lot to the table if you're a father of that of that woman, other than the fact that he loves your daughter so much. Like he didn't graduate high school. His parents aren't together. He doesn't really have a great job. Like he's, he's yeah. It, it, there's he's not a like scrub. He cares about his daughter. He cares about the, the guy's daughter. But it's also just kind of like, uh, you know, what do you, what do you, how are you gonna provide for her if you didn't even graduate high school? Yeah. And I feel like it's maybe just sort of a continuation of that, and also just maybe the dad isn't crazy about you know just like all the guys that she brings around, right? Because. Just sort of like kind of, uh, you know, a lifelong fuck up in a way. I don't know. I think that she's probably scared to bring people around because he sucks. She doesn't want to bring other people into the house if he's just like constantly yelling at their mom. Yeah. Just like an asshole. About about meatloaf or whatever. Yeah, what the fuck, man? People are monsters. People are animals. I guess. It's so weird. But then we have a flashback and he gets a job at the moving company, which we talked about. uh, Moving Walter into the house. That's when I has a most boy from zero moment. Yes. And then we cut back to the present and... We have him burying Megan, burying the dog, and I feel like that's another potential great boy for moment, just because, like, he could have been a dick and been like, you know, you let the gate out, you have to go do this. But he, he's still sort of like, I need no, to, like, I'm going to bury her, right? Like, I'm going yeah, to do doing this. A, it's funny because we see him do, because we get to the end and she's like, be a man. And he does all of the, like, man duties. Traditional man duties, yeah. The traditional man duties throughout the movie and doesn't complain about them or, like, what does he do? He's a mover. He's a painter takes care of his kid even he tries to do not like he does a lot of the like man and burying the dog that's the man's duty right like that you i don't think you can get any manlier than like okay i have to go bury the family dog and just like suck it up right like that's that's it so yeah it's weird you know again reading into it a little bit i think her saying be a man is like he's not acting like all the other men that you know we see the one but presumably the long line of men who have been aggressive or violent or whatever and the fact that he's being different being sort of more thoughtful and contemplative and sort of caring more and being softer and more tender it just sort of doesn't compute or you know in that moment she just like wants to say the the cruelest thing she can the question is manhood even though he's being the best he could possibly be for her it's just not what she's used to yeah it's weird this this culminates in the thing where he takes her there and he's like trying to hook up with her and he's like i'm not gonna hit you is that what you want and that's like a really strange thing because they don't like really explain it but maybe she does want that like she wants to be abused it's very strange well, because, you know, they, he wants to have sex with her, and he, like, and she, like, won't, and then she basically is like, all right, let's do this, and he's like, I'm not going to rape you, like, I'm not, he says, like, I'm not going to rape you, like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to, we're not going to have violent sex, because that's the only way that you, like, will have, you know, it's just like this. Yeah, I don't want to, fe- I don't want it to feel forced, like, I want you to 
be into it too. It's really, really strange. And by the way, that sex scene in the bathroom of the future room of that sex motel was apparently at the time very notable, noteworthy, that like it was so, I don't think it's wildly overgraphic. I mean, it's, it's rapey for sure, or violent, and, you know, you see, like, there's there's nudity in this movie. Like, you don't see, like, P and P and V. Yeah, P and V, that's exactly what I was thinking. But, you know, you see her breasts and everything, like, it's just, like, this very graphic, violent, you know, animalistic act, and apparently that, it was so violent um, that they almost rated this movie NC-17. Wow. And they sort of asked, um, uh, I guess, for a reevaluation or whatever, and they, they dropped down to an R. It, I guess it was, at the time, sort of, like, this buzzed about, you know, because it's probably, like, an indie darling at, you know, film festivals or whatever, like, you gotta see this, you gotta see the sex because it's like it's it's so real and raw. Was like it really was it really bad? Like what what did I miss? Did I miss something? I thought it was pretty tame to be honest. It's like it's weird, but it's not like. Is, are you talking about when they're in the shower? I think when they're on the bathroom floor. Is that, is that the one where he's like, I won't beat you? I think so. yeah, because he's like, I, I won't I won't rape you, and like I won't hit you if that's yeah. what you want. Because uh, Michelle Williams was nominated in this movie for Best Actress at okay. the Oscars, and she lost to Natalie Portman in Black Swan. Okay, yeah, that so was another two good, good, good role okay. or whatever. Like Gosling's not nominated. Gosling has been nominated. He will be nominated again. There was the trivia was saying like this could have been the first time in like in movie history that like an NC seventeen movie got a. Academy Award nomination for acting because usually they're just sort of like you know graphic or pulpy or violent or whatever. But just as this was like, yeah, this is a, a tense, dark, romantic movie or you know like a, a romance, a drama, whatever relationship movie that just so happens to have been rated almost rated NC seventeen. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Then there's like a long stretch of the movie where I don't have a ton of most or least boyfriend material moments because we sort of follow her for a while. Like she leaves to go back to work, I think. Yeah, she leaves the hotel because she gets called in because she was on call. She's like, that's part of the reason why she, like one of her excuses why she doesn't want to go is because she's on call this weekend, so she she might need to go to work. Very common, you know, yeah. for like nurses and stuff. That's, yeah, it makes sense. But what I did notice is that in this sort of stretch of the movie that there's a lot of things that we could, and not that we're tracking these, there's a lot of things that we can nominate for least girlfriend material moment because they're like, there's so many things in here that she just like does because I think she just doesn't know how to, again, how to love properly, that she he just like says like cruel things and like just weird things like when she runs into Bobby Ontario at the grocery store. Who was the father of her kid, right? Right. That's the that's yeah. who that is. Okay. And like and Gosling kinda has to like pry it out of her and and the first thing she says is like, Oh well don't worry about it. He's fat. And he's like, Why why would you say like I don't why is that don't supposed to make me feel better? Fat. Yeah, that's so weird. I agree. I, like this would be such a strange if I ran into an ex girlfriend I wouldn't come back and like tell Rachel like, Oh well she's ugly now, so like don't worry. Like that would be like that's not assuring at all. Her saying, Oh, he's fat, I think to me means that she's thinking like Gosling's gonna think she clearly wants to get with him again because they had this love at one point and you know and of course you're gonna want to rekindle it. And so she's like, How can I counteract this sort of anger that he hasn't shown and the first thing is deflecting like oh yeah she's fat or you know or, or oh, uh, yeah. oh oh yeah he's fat and it's just like well you know like i i just sort of assume and expect that you love me and that you're not going to get back with this guy yeah i wasn't like worried about you talking to i'm i think that he would know this guy's place in her life and relationship with him he was like why did you see this scumbag this guy's an asshole look yeah. what he did to you and she's like well he's fat like i'm not trying to get back with him and he's like yeah that's that wasn't even an option i was saying like fuck that dude not that i thought you were gonna try to make a pass at him or like right yeah it's very strange i agree i think she just like is and we don't really because we're not really in either of their heads too much i think if if anybody were more in his than hers but i feel like she's just we just see her overthinking things a lot and not necessarily have been saying not knowing how to respond to situation because she still seems young like we don't really have ages here but if she 
she's probably got to be early 20s and she's a mom and she's you know because she's still in school maybe living at home like just like she's she's dealing with so much i think she just isn't sure how to handle things or react to things and just as we're yeah. putting her foot in her mouth and just kind of her own worst enemy knowingly or unknowingly i think there's just a lot of you know, least girlfriend material moments here, just because she doesn't really, I, I just don't think that she knows how to be there for Gosling. Yeah, I think so too. He knew this. She was like an emotionally damaged girl going into it, yeah, right? Yeah. I think that that's what was hard for me to watch about this too, because I've definitely met people that are so emotionally damaged they can't handle being in a good relationship. Do you ever meet people like this? Yeah. That are just like so down on themselves that they'll like ruin a good relationship because they're like, oh, this doesn't feel, like, normal, in quotation marks, to them. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Why can't you accept, like, good things? I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm That's what I'm saying. Like, I've definitely experienced it, and it's it's, it's It weird. sucks. Like, it, it's tough. Like, it's everything about relationships is tough. But then when, when the other person or you or whatever is just unable to accept good things or unable to take in love or welcome in love or welcome in affection, it's like... Well, what? It's hard. How? How? I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to do this. Like, it feels like we literally cannot do this because one of us can't. I don't know. I've been, I think I've been on both sides of this. I've definitely been a shitty, been the shitty significant other, and it, and it takes a while to get to a point that you're like comfortable with yourself and with what you want and what you know you deserve to like deal with that. It's it's hard. Yeah. Oh man, it sucks cuz like and you just see it in with Michelle Williams in this movie like she has a kid too, so you're like, dude, it's not just you. Like if it's just her dicking around goss, that's one thing, but like she has this guy who was taking care of a kid that wasn't his who that love each other. Mm-hmm. And then like you're going to shit on this relationship cuz you can't handle love and like you're just starting the cycle again, right? Cuz now the little girl's going to be all fucked up too. Yep. It's hard to watch. That's why this movie's so depressing to me. And I think, you know, and I don't want to overgeneralize or anything, but I feel like, you know, like you were saying earlier, like living poor and trying to support a family while poor is difficult enough as it is, but I think if you're able to raise a child, and again, I have no history in this. I don't have kids. I'm not in a relationship, but if you're able to raise a kid even in that situation, but in a loving home with like parents who care for you and care for one care for one another, like you're giving them a leg up but like you said yeah you know if yeah, you're definitely. poor because now you're a single mom again and you're gonna be too busy to have like a real relationship or just track record of, of finding guys is not great you know what i mean like it's just there's so there's so much that you don't want to like you know ruin your life to make your kids life better but at the same time like maybe you do this is the stay together for the kids thing man. yeah that's also what this movie talks about like you know it seems like michelle williams parents stayed together maybe for the kids maybe not but that wasn't the, that wasn't the right move yeah it's, it's weird i in this day and age i know and see plenty of families that maybe they're not together the parents aren't together and they have new significant others but they're still both good with their kids you know what i mean yep. like it's now it's a thing where like you can pull together for the kids as much as you see shitty parents that are like single moms and the parents are fighting, but like I've I've definitely seen it way more now that you'll have two sets of parents now are on their own ways. They know that they couldn't work out, but they're still supportive and healthy with their kids. And maybe both of their significant others come to like games and stuff like that, and they can be cordial to each other. And like you're just like, look, we didn't work, but like we know that this needs to work. So, and I think that as sort of our idea of what a family is or could be both just you know from like legally like in terms of same-sex marriage or in terms of just like societal like divorce is not it's not like divorce is like a, a good happy thing but like people aren't like oh shit you got divorced like you're like a pariah you yes. know what i mean but i feel like yeah. as our idea of what marriage and what relationships could be or should be or have the possibility of being 
evolves, I think we see more of those, both obviously in real life, but also, you know, in movies and stuff. And I feel like this could have been possibly that, but the the story this is telling is about the romance and the love story between the two. And the daughter, at least in terms of the story, is not necessarily an afterthought, but not as important as the two. But she's not, yeah. But there's there's shows, like I was just thinking while you were talking, there's a show, uh, Smilf, on Showtime, which is Frankie Shaw wrote this story based on her own life. Where you know she has a kid with a guy and they're not together and guy's got a new girlfriend but they're both they're they're co-parenting together you know what I mean it's yes. just like this isn't weird this isn't bad this isn't you know something to look down no, on no exactly it's better it's a better option than staying together and fighting right like Michelle Williams' parents are fucking miserable yeah. and like arguing and slamming shit and yelling all the time yep. like that's not a good thing so yeah you're right like the stay together for the kids thing. Not great. Isn't always the best, yeah. So in the movie, then, they're at the, uh, like we were saying before, they're at the hotel, and I feel like there's a couple most boyfriend material moments, like he goes down on her, and like, in the shower. That's just, that's a boyfriend material moment? Well, I just felt like, you know, he, he's trying to sexually gratify her. Yeah, um, that's fair. But she doesn't want it, and then they have, like, that that awkward sex, or the violent sex, or whatever, on the floor. We see Gosling butt in this, and I don't feel, I don't I don't think he shows butt a lot. I mean, like, I guess it could have been a body double, but I feel like when she's there, topless is probably I feel like we him. have seen his butt a lot, but I'm, maybe I'm you just think? confusing him with Zeph. We've seen Zeph but a ton. That's what I mean. Maybe I'm thinking it's him, but like I feel like we've seen Gosling's butt a couple times and other things. Also, if you're listening to this for the first time, uh, we had a whole podcast about Zach Efron, Zach Attack, where we tracked his shirtless and butt and everything like that. So go find that if you want to go listen to more of this kind of thing. But I, I feel like it sort of wouldn't be fair for her to be there so vulnerable and you know topless. And I, I like that she's getting in the shower and <laughs> and he's like, what? "What are you doing?" And she's like, "What do, what does it look like I'm doing?" And he says something like. Oh, you're getting. It looks like you're getting wet and naked, or something. Just like like this goofy way of you know describing. He's such things. a kid. I know. I love it. But yeah, like I think that you know him trying to please her is a boyfriend moment. But then after, and we don't know the significance of the song really. But after they get out of the shower and he goes to get ice and comes back, they have that really sort of romantic song. It's the "You and Me" by Penny and the Quarters. And yeah, like they slow so dance, good. and like he dips her, and like even in this room, in this place, in this time in their life where things aren't working, there's love and there's romance and there's sort of passion for one another. And this song, we he later still find loves out, her. For but sure. she still goes along with it, right? Like she's not like, don't do this, like this is corny, I don't want to do this, whatever. Like she still goes along yeah. with it. But yeah, and then we go back to the flashback. We see them meeting. We see them getting together. And then let's talk about uh, their date, which again, I think might, I might have cried the first time I watched this movie, but like, you messaged me about, uh, can you tap dance? You're like, little does he know. <laughs> yeah, because um, he's obviously playing every instrument under the sun in this movie again, and he has like a ukulele or something, mm-hmm. right? Or like a banjo. What it, no, it's like a ukulele. It's a uke. Yep. And, he, and he's playing it like a guitar, though. And he's like, what's your like hidden talent? And she says all the presidents. The director knew each of their hidden talents, but the other actor didn't know. And so it was sort of supposed to be like the surprise, like, oh, you're actually like learning about the other person in real time, which I think was kind of okay. cute. But I was thinking either, like, I wonder if Michelle Williams actually knew the presidents, or what I'm thinking possibly more likely, she learned it for the movie. But either way, she's like never going to forget that now. You know what I mean? Because like, oh, I were I no, I think the that this is something she knew. You think so? I don't think that this. Yeah, this is definitely something she didn't learn for the movie. I think that they were like, "What's your hidden talent?" She's like, "Well, I can name all the presidents." They were like. That is a perfect thing to be like, you're on your first date. This is something, It's so. it feels so real, right? This is part of why the movie's so depressing to me, that it feels so real like yeah. that. Yeah. I think that she knew it. I don't think that this is made up. And he's obviously carrying a ukulele around, and I think that even by this point in his career, he probably had been known that he could play musical instruments, so maybe it's not as much of a secret, but maybe his hidden talent is that... He's like, I have, to, I have to sing Goofy to sing well or whatever. And like, he just got this like really kind of croonery voice, which is, you know, it's great. Yeah, it, it sounds good. And it is Goofy. 
I get it. That's cool. That whole scene, that whole scene of them, of him singing as she dances and her, him playing the uke and then singing the song, you always hurt the one you love, which is just like, yeah. could there be, I mean, a more on the nose, but also more perfect song for this? Like, whew. Yeah, I was noticing all the musical choices in this too. And I was just like, oh, yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Then we have uh, in the present, him saying about how he wants to be someone's husband, didn't want to be, well, he actually says... That he didn't want to be a husband. He didn't want to be a father. So like, some some guys want to do that. That wasn't me. But then like I, I started that life and like he realized that that was what he wanted. And I feel like that whole speech that he gives, it's not what she wants. Like it's not that what she wants for him. But at the same time, very boyfriendy moment there. Yeah. I didn't think this is what I wanted. But then I found you. We had our daughter. And like I realized this is all I want in life. And like what basically mm-hmm. why can't you be happy? Yeah. I Yeah. It's a great outlook. I mean like be happy with what you have. Yeah. He's, He's making the most of what he has, and he he loves it, and he loves her, and he's mm-hmm. like, that's all I need, and that's great. Oh, so this is also, so, you know, at the end of the movie, they're getting married, they're cutting back and forth between them getting married and sort of essentially not getting divorced, but, you know, the the relationship yeah. ending. But here, I thought it was really nice. They're having, you know, the, the violent sex in the bathroom, and then they cut back to pass, and they're on the ground again, but they're sort of, like, rolling around kind of in love, and it's just, like, this beautiful, like, cut-on yeah. action from the same thing that they're doing, but, like, one time it's working, and one time it's not working. It was so hard to watch all these things, but yeah, I agree with you. He goes down on her again. This time she's into it, so I thought that was another sort of boyfriendy moment. I like that. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that you tracked the going down on of those course, because you don't moments. see that that much in in movies. movies. No, you don't. You really don't. So, I, <laughs> but I do like that. That's awesome. Because I remember there was it was sort of a big deal, and this has nothing to do with Gosling, but it has more to do with our uh, other Channing Tatum podcast, Magic Mike's, because his buddy uh, Jonah Hill. I remember there's the movie The Sitter. And that movie starts with Jonah Hill going down on a girl. Like, the first scene is that. And I'm just like, oh, that's one way to uh, start a movie, a movie, get your yeah. attention. There's a moment, I think, after he gets out of work. And it's also, it's the same, it's the it's the still that's in the trailer that we'll be watching later. But the art for this episode, I think, is just a very sort of passionate, tender, like, where he grabs her face to kiss her. Yeah, when she comes in, she's, like, sad. It, like, he first sees her, she shows up to his work. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's an aggressive move, but it's also just, like, a very passionate, tender, like, you know, essentially your mind that I'm going to kiss you right now, and she's into it. You need to have some kind of confidence to pull a move like that, I think. You know, he can tell that she's sad, he can tell that there's something going on, He, he or she won't tell him what it is. They go for the walk. Before she admits, the way that he gets her to admit that she is pregnant is that she, he, like, threatens to jump off, like, I don't know if it's a Brooklyn Bridge or a bridge in New York. <laughs> yeah. And apparently what I was reading was that she did not know that he was going to do that. Like, he, like I guess his... Oh, shit. His, his goal in that scene, I think this is something that we also saw in The Place Beyond the Pines. Remember that scene in The Place Beyond the Pines where Ava Mendes is in the car and he's trying to get in the car or whatever and... The director had said, you want to do anything you can to get in a car, and your goal is to have anything to do, like, do not let him in the car. And just, like, I don't know, yeah. I don't care how it plays out, but, like, that's your ambition, that's your goal, make that happen. There was something I was reading that said that he did the same kind of thing here, where he would tell people, they tell, you know, Michelle Williams, tell Ryan Gosling different things to do, and not tell the other what the other one was going to do, and just yes. sort of let it happen. So he's like, she's holding a secret from you, do everything you can to get the secret out. Right. Do everything you can, yeah, don't, don't to not tell don't him. Don't tell him. And he threatens to, he basically threatens to kill himself. You know, not that he's going to, but I was also like, holy, like, that's sort of, you know, I, I know that he wants to be there for her, but like, that's not necessarily the best way to go about doing that, so I, I wrote that down as a possible It's, it's least a cute, quirky way. He didn't know what the thing was, you know what I mean? So it could have been anything at that point. So it's, oh god, you'll, you'll see it in the notebook soon. <laughs> I'm just more, I'm more concerned about Gosling, like, climbing a fence on a bridge. What if he would have died, right? Like, what if he would have, like, actually the actor, fallen? Yeah. yeah, and you'd have been like, Ryan Gosling dies 
in the middle of a movie in shoot because he in a terrible, jumped off a, a bridge. film accident. Yeah, in a film a- and everybody had been like, why the fuck did you let him just climb this bridge like that? Like, how ballsy are you, by the way? Like, I'm petrified of heights. Like, you're a wild man, Goss. Because he also, jump. like, you know, he climbed and I'm like, I'm like, I would climb it. And then he puts one leg over. I'm like, mm, that's kind of it. And then he puts I probably both wouldn't legs do that. over. And then he starts pulling the other leg over. And I was like, holy shit, this dude's going to die. And, like, still, she's like, I'm not telling you what's going on. I'm like, God, like, tell him so that he doesn't jump. Exactly, yeah. It was, it worked. It worked. It definitely worked. Then we have a flashback and we have her, or I guess we, we flash forward and this is when she, I think she goes to work. It's a quick one. We go back in time and we see, uh, we, we she's laying in bed and she's got uh, Brian Ontario's like crazy voicemails. Then we go forward in time. And this is when, you know, we're, we're sort of reaching the end of the movie. And this is where we find out that her doctor is kind of, not propositioning her, but her. Proposi- propositioning her. Yeah. And he does it in such a fucking creepy way, right? He's like, yeah, like, he's like, you know, I know that you got that family and you, I know you got your kid, but like, why don't you get an apartment up here and like we can hang out? And he's like, and she's just like, what? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to come out like that. And again, I don't want to sort of, you know, ascribe meaning to things that aren't there, but it feels like he can kind of sense that she's sort of like a hood rat in a way, right? Like, and just maybe, yeah. maybe he'll, maybe the appeal of the fact that he's rich and he's this handsome doctor. And like, oh, you know, we'll get you get an apartment. Like, we'll just, you know, we'll fuck when you're up here. Like, it almost feels like he's like, well, why would she say no? Yeah, it was like gross. It was, it was this, it was the sleaziest part of this movie by, sh- oh, by yeah. far. I wrote down this point, like, you know, not that Ryan Gosling is like this bastion of like goodness in this movie, but I feel like again, everyone she deals with is less boyfriend material than he is. Like this yeah. doctor, Brian Ontario, her father, everyone. All the guys in her life, except for Gosling, shit, not, not great. Yeah. No, they're terrible. I agree. Gosling shows up drunk. Isn't is he drunk or is he still like drunk from the night before? Because well, I feel like this is. I don't know because like, they say her coworker or whatever, right, is like um like super hesitant about it. Like she, she says, they, oh, I put God, on subtitles because like there's a lot of thing, there's a lot of like sort of mumbling in this movie. And I put yes. on subtitles and she says something to the effect of like, "Your husband's here. I think he's been drinking." And it might have, it might just still have been from the night before, but he shows up and he's just kind of like a little fucked up in one way or another. He's also angry and all this different stuff, right? And he has a point. She didn't even say like, "Hey, I got called into work." Right. He just she leaves and he has to call the bus to get there, which is like it's fucked up. Least girl from material moment. Which I mean, granted, like you know, she has to get to work quickly. She has they have one car. Fine, I get all of this stuff. But at the same time, it's like, you wouldn't have just woken him up and be like, I'm going to work, you know? Like, that's weird. She just doesn't know how to be an adult. But you have a kid. Like, you don't, like, communicate, like, at least enough to be... I don't know, man. So he shows up. He shows up. He's been drinking. And he's angry that she just left. I think she says before this, she's like, all right, let's we'll get out of here. We'll get out of here. And then he, like, follows her back and, like, just starts, like, he's like, you want me to be a man? He's, like, throwing shit around, knocking stuff off desks. Yeah, because what she's looking for is, like, anger. She, like, wants, like, rage. Yeah. The doctor shows up and is basically, like, um, you just cost your wife her job or whatever. Like, you know, or, or it's almost here and, like, you know, he punches the doctor and, like... Well, he says, like, are you the doctor that's been sending her all these weird emails? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he knows that she that he's a creep to her anyways. And it seems like they both kind of have to accept it because they're poor and it's her job, right? Like, which sucks. And that's another thing that sucks. Mm-hmm. If you're poor, this is the kind of shit that you have to deal with, I guess. And Also, if you're a woman in work... Like, like it's just... A woman, yeah, just a woman in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that would be fucking terrible to have to, like, it's all, know yeah, that men, your wife men are is terrible. dealing with this. I mean, this movie is essentially, like, men are terrible, the movie. Yeah, and not belittling, like, her dealing with it. Like, both of you being in a spot that's so bad 
that your husband has to know about it and neither of you can do anything about it. Yeah. You know, like this is rough. Like even like for Goss too, like obviously it's terrible for her, but like for Goss to like have to know this mm-hmm. is happening mm-hmm. is fucking horrible. That's heartbreaking, right? Yep. Like just cause like I would never want to imagine like my mom's sister, Rachel, in, in this situation where they would just have to like take creepiness from their boss. And the, the to, reality, and I mean, it probably all happened. You know what I mean? Like it over probably and did. over and over again. Yeah, I know. Just fucking terrifying. There's a lot of the least boyfriend material moments. Like, in fact, essentially the fact that, like, he gets her fired, that he punches her boss, that he shows up drunk to work. And, like, he's sort of, yeah. I think it's okay for him to be angry because she did a shitty thing. But also at the same time. Not that angry. Right. Not Don't do this. <laughs> and at least keep it outside of work. Like, yell at her in the parking lot. Yeah. Right? Like, that's, uh, yeah, that's fine. Like, like, be like, what the fuck, man? And, like bitch about it later it's, it wasn't that egregious like it's it's definitely annoying and i would be upset about it too but like not that upset to right. like punch your boss yeah. like this there's other things going on so and this is where the movie kind of hits overdrive and is like you just saw really the beginning of the end of their relationship so let's see let's show you the the beginning of the beginning and like him showing up at the house with flowers meeting her parents for the first time yeah playing the song for her for the first time they're gonna get married we're gonna see the wedding in like a couple minutes like this is how they fell in love and like you just seen them sort of in Actually, I think in that scene, doesn't she say, like, I'm so out of love with you, I've got nothing left for you, nothing, nothing, nothing is there for you, and then she says that he's the bad guy. Like, it just... They show yes. her falling... Like, whether she means it or not... And he says, and he says, don't say things you can't take back. Right. She's falling out of love with him, and then we see him falling in love with him. Yeah, it's rough. It's hard to watch. And then there's the, the scene in modern day. He's like, you know, you promised, you said in your vows for better or worse, like, this is my worst, like, I'm, I'm gonna get better, please give me a chance, and then, as essentially she's, she's saying no, he starts walking out, but then we cut to their wedding, her in the uh, yeah. chiffon, is that, what, is that today's material? Sh- chiffon, yes. I think the juxtapositions work really well in this movie, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think that if we went through a natural timeline, it wouldn't be as depressing as it is. Because I think even if you, the way he cuts in the flashbacks make happy times also depressing mm-hmm. and it's very very good it's like it, it's it works well for the goal that it was trying to accomplish it also just makes this movie fucking depressing yeah. so yeah like it, it works like if that's that was his goal and it and he's doing it but like i don't like that so keep in mind that this was his i guess it's his second movie he did one a little over a decade before this but like, this is the first one that anybody saw like this is essentially this guy's first movie and like it's this well made this well, well made cut yeah. together and just like yep i'm kind of i'm really kind of bummed that he's only made three movies essentially he's made this he's made the gosby and the pines and then he made a movie a couple years ago called uh the Light Between Oceans, which was with Michael Fassbender and Alicia Vikander and Rachel Weisz, which is like this sort of, you know, relationship-heavy, twisty sort of drama-ish thing. But it's not as good as these two. Like, I just sort of wish... I don't want to see, you know, Gosling make five more movies of the guy, but I kind of want to see Gosling make five more movies of the guy. You know what I mean? This feels like it could be part of a set, doesn't mm-hmm. it? it? It definitely feels like one of those, like, trilogies that isn't a trilogy where they keep kind of the same actors. Like, yep. they, they obviously work well together, and Gosling must like him if he's done two movies with him. And they're already movies. Like, I like that. So, yeah, I, I definitely could... I, I would like at least one more of those two together. And I can also see as an actor, right? Like, you know, you're, you're probably, you're doing so many movies where you're being told to do this, you're being told to do that. And with, it seems like both these movies is kind of like, just here's what we want to accomplish. I want you to get there. However, you can get there. And that's what makes it feel really real. This movie does feel so real, mm-hmm. which which was always my argument of like why I feel so depressing too. Like you can sense that like, these are the kind of things that 
it just happen. Yep. It's it doesn't feel scripted. It doesn't feel like they wrote the dialogue for it and stuff like that. Right. So. Oh, so, so there's, that just reminded me that there was a, so apparently Michelle Williams was like, I really want to do this. I really want to love. The, I love the script. I, I love these characters. And then you know she signed on, and the director was like, "Oh, you're just going to improvise the whole thing." And she's like, "Wait, what? Like, no, like I, I signed on because I love the words. Now you're gonna, you know essentially take that away." But yeah. It happens, I guess. I think that's all the notes that I have for the movie in terms of at least the, the most and least boyfriend material moments. I think we covered a lot of the plot that way, too. Is there anything else about the movie yes. itself that you remember that you really want to bring up that you yes. think most there's of these one, There's one thing. It doesn't relate to boyfriend material. I was born and raised in, in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and so the movie taking place in Pennsylvania just made so much fucking sense. And, like, I had just recently joined this Facebook group that's just called, like, Of Course They're From Pennsylvania, you know? And it's just, like, all of these stories. It's, like, you know, it's essentially, like, like Florida stories, right? Yep. Guy throws meth at the cashier at Wendy's or, you know, whatever like that. And whenever I saw the license plate for Pennsylvania, I was like, of course they're from Pennsylvania. This is just, like, <laughs> such, such a Pennsylvania relationship shittiness. Mm-hmm. I think I was too adjacent to many of these relationships as, as a kid. Well, I think it's just a function, and I, I don't want to, you know, classify your whole town, but, like, you know, Pittsburgh's like a working-class city, and, like... They're not rich. That's what it was, man. Like, a lot of my friends all had parents kind of in these situations. Like, some facet of these... Like, maybe this has every facet of the relationships, right? There's parents that were together because they had kids and, like, all of these things. So, like, that's why it, like, really hit me watching this movie. I was just like, oh, God, no. Mm-hmm. And then it was set in Pennsylvania, so I'm like, motherfucker, like, of course they're in Pennsylvania. <laughs> no wonder it makes so much sense. Yeah, exactly. Gosling's got a tattoo on his upper arm, The Giving Tree, by Shel Silverstein, where the, yeah, the tree gives I saw that. so much that he eventually, the tree dies because he gives, he's got nothing more to give, which I feel like is, again, kind of on the nose, but also kind of a beautiful uh, metaphor. And he doesn't actually have that tattoo, right? This is just for this movie. Right, that's just for this movie. Apparently this was inspired because uh, Derek C. and France, the director's parents, divorced when he was 20, and he was so devastated and wanted to figure out how a relationship like that could fall apart. Again, feels very personal. Like, oh, yeah. Yes. uh, Not only is this like a devastatingly emotional movie, it's also based on my parents' marriage falling apart. It's like, oh, sure. Sick. Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So this is what I was saying before, so let me just read the full details. Michelle Williams, Ryan Gosling, and their daughter Faith Wolodka actually lived together in a house in Carbondale, Pennsylvania for 30 days while filming. They struggled with the real stresses of having to share a bathroom and do dishes three times a day. Their grocery budget was based on Dean's salary as a house painter and Cindy's as a nurse, $200 every two weeks. Gosling said that it was hard for him and Williams to take their wedding bands off when it was over, so uh, it worked. Oh, is this? Are we getting pre-Eva Mendez times with this movie? When did Ryan Gosling meet Relationship Timeline? Thank you, Pop Sugar. <laughs> yes. They were first linked in September 2011. So yes, this is before Ava Mendez. That's what I thought, yeah. It had to be, right? Do you think he and Michelle Williams hooked up on the on the set of this movie? After, you know, a year after Heath Ledger died? Probably not. You don't think? Hooked up as in, like, had sex or just, like, made out when they weren't, like, on camera? Either one. At the very least, made made out when they're not, they weren't on camera. I can see, you know, living with somebody for 30 days and, like, pretending that you're married to them and, like, being as attracted. You know, they're both beautiful people. I can see that. I agree. But I can also see them, like, you know... If he's the kind of guy who's, like, going to send a, uh, a co-star flowers for pulling her hair yes. as an actor, I feel like he's also going to be like, hey, I probably could have sex with this woman right now, but I also... Her husband, you know, maybe my... I, I don't know if he ever met, you know what I mean? But, like, a guy that everyone knew just died yeah on this point i can see him being like i'm professional enough that it won't happen and i can also see him being like we have to do this for the craft (laughs) you know what i mean there's no trivia about that i don't think but no but you know like i really feel like i could see him like not like he'd be like well we were living together you know like so we we had to do it once to like 
get connected. Yeah. Heath Ledger's dead, and he doesn't have Eva Mendez yet. Like, I can see them being like, just for the experience, we know this closeness, you know, mm-hmm. or something like weird like that. I can see either one of this happening. So I was curious on your take on it. I can see it happening. I, I kind of hope that it doesn't. You know, I, you know, I, we, we talk a lot, especially about Zeph, why? Like, you know, having... why, would, why would you hope that it doesn't? I don't know. I just, I don't know. There's nothing inherently wrong with this. No, I know. I can see it happening, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this one either. Like, that's just, that wouldn't bother me. Because they're like, not in a relationship or whatever. Right. Or we, we don't know what his relationship status was at the time. Who knows? I actually wonder, yeah. Ryan Gosling, he dated Rachel McAdams, he dated Sandra Bullock. Jesus Christ. They'll both be Fuck in movies. Ryan Gosling. Who is Ryan Gosling? Again, Pop Sugar, let's see here. No, but like, Rachel McAdams and fucking... Sandra Bullock. Sandy. Yep. You get Sandy, Rachel McAdams, and Eva Mendez. Like, you're an asshole. Save some for the rest of us, please. Yeah, as though <sighs> as though the rest of us could have a shot with them. I know, I know, that's what I'm saying, but I'm still like, come on, all three? Sandra Bullock, Rachel McAdams, Kat Dennings, apparently, also beautiful, Blake Lively, Olivia Wilde, and Eva Mendez. Oh, god damn. Yeah. Uh-huh. What a fucking lineup. Jesus. That's horrible. Can you imagine that? Like like there's like we dream of of dating any of these women mildly once and Ryan Gosling's like, "Oh yeah, all my exes." Like, you know, like how do you compete with that? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'd feel so insecure if if Ryan Gosling was your ex-boyfriend. I would just be like, fuck, like, I can't do anything, you know, like... Well, you also have to sort of wonder what, say, Ava Mendez... Think. I mean, not Ava Mendez is beautiful, obviously, but, like, you know, she's he's got this, like, laundry list of, like, these gorgeous women just, like... like <laughs> I know. know! But I think at that point, he she kind of won, right? Like, you're the queen at that point. Like, if, if you well, were, you like, the last the ta- You don't know that at the time. No, not at the time, but, like, well, I think once they got married... He, She's like, yeah. Then you rank number one over Rachel McAdams and sure. Sandy and stuff like that. You're like, yeah, come get this, bitches. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm top shit. And you ever wonder, like, I mean, Rachel and I have, like, things like, do you ever wonder if they're in their house? I guess they're too rich to, like, even consider things like this. So he'd be like, God damn it. Like, my ex-girlfriend used to do that all the time. And she's like, Sandy or <laughs> Rachel McAdams? <laughs> No, 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 no. You Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde used to do that all the time. It really, like, like you stand in front of the refrigerator just like Olivia Wilde does. God damn it, shut the door. You know, like any of these yeah. things. Sorry, that was a really weird tangent that I went on. No, no, I, I, I've never about. really thought, I mean, I guess I've kind of thought about it, but also never in like in that context. It's like, yeah, like that. that's weird. Like, oh yeah, my ex, you mean your ex, like your ex, the former president <laughs> of the United States. Just like, well, what? Like, yeah. Michelle Williams committed to the movie in 2003, Gosling in 2005. Since then, the director never wanted anyone else for the roles. He met Michelle Williams in 2003 she read the 42nd draft of the script she wanted to do it so quickly right then and there she's like it has to be me it has to be right now he's like i can't i don't i can't get the financing so they had to wait makes sense i don't know how you fund this movie like what do you what is the pitch to this like it's like the seinfeld of relationships but also depressing it's like it's a movie where like nothing really happens yeah it's like a relationship falling apart and you're like Okay. So here's something that, you know, this, uh, I guess, might answer your question. The director, uh, CN France, accelerated the relationship's corrosion by starting off-screen fights between the actors while they were living together. One night he told Ryan Gosling to go into Michelle Williams' bedroom and try to make love to her. Gosling, soundly rejected, ended up sleeping on the couch. Okay. So uh, that's not to say that they didn't at other times, but he was just like, hey, try to do this. And she's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's, a, that's actually a really good... Oh, God. Dude, I hate... I would be... This is like a mental terrorism. Like, this is so fucking weird. Can you imagine if you're like, what part of these things is Gosling doing and what part of them is the director telling him to do? Yeah. You know, like, because you'd be in this house, then he would, like, do something weird and you'd be like, is this just you being weird? Or is this like... It's like a Truman <sighs> show where you know you're on TV, but you also don't know what's actually TV. It's just like, yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah, it would be so strange. I think that that's how you get him really off guard. I would be, like, super thrown off and, like, 
like my head if if you're like living there like you know at least i know like all of rachel's actions are hers imagine if i'm like if i have to question if this is what she was trying to do anyways you're like what the fuck right the movie's title comes from the tom waits album of the same name michelle williams kept the wedding ring she wore as a souvenir cool the first scene they shot was when he goes over her house for dinner and he was so pleased by their chemistry he's like oh this movie's gonna work oh yeah michelle williams license plate is the same one as jim halpert has on the office oh that's cool ch8635 added to the blue valentine minute joe yeah thanks that's very cool little nod to the office also shot in i mean well set in pennsylvania so in 2015 rachel vice revealed that she was to play she was being the movie at one point she and jeremy renner Hawkeye from Avengers was going to do it, oh. um, but it didn't work out for either of them. And then he, she would go on to work with him in, or work with the director in The Light Between Oceans, which I mentioned before. And the only other thing is that in a deleted scene, Ryan Gosling had to force himself to throw up. They were at a, they were at an amusement park or something, or just a park. Uh, Michelle Williams was supposed to do it, and even though she had vertigo apparently from a merry-go-round, couldn't do it. So not only is Ryan Gosling, you know, portraying uh, a relationship falling <laughs> apart, but he's physically making himself sick. This director is just like a, a monster. Yeah, he's just chaotic. But I mean, it makes it's a good end product but still yeah that's a it's tall order i guess joe we have to now go through this movie and ask hey guys what's in your hands what's in your hands oh, there's guys? so many one he's smoking all the time drinking sometimes too right i think smoking and drinking yeah he has beers smoking and drinking uh he picks up his daughter he probably picks up michelle williams at one point but i know he picks up his daughter at least once or twice her underwear Mm-hmm. He plays both a ukulele, but he also plays the melodica, which is that keyboard that he yes. blow into. Oh, I was trying to, so I was trying to come up with the name of what this was, and for some reason, harpsichord was stuck in my head. But no, it's a melodica. Yeah, I just right, googled yes. uh, keyboard that, and then like as soon as I typed like keyboard that, it's like you blow into it has a yes, mouth thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's painting too. We see him as a painter. He's got the the paintbrush, like the long boxes, paintbrush. boxes, because he's a mover. Sure. Oh yeah, on his back. I've moved a couple times, and you think about like the people. Not that I'm like not trusting the people who like are being paid to do my job you like see this guy like on his first job like trying to carry three boxes on his back and then drops one she's like oh yeah like my you know, shit just probably gets fucked up all the time all the time yeah movers <laughs> yeah, exactly although they're professional movers how much training do you need to be to professional movers? they're still essentially right? you know not minimum wage employees but like basically minimum wage employees just like oh they're yeah. bouncers for boxers for boxes <sighs> sorry dog when he buries the dog, got the dog in his hands. Shovel. At one point, you know, when they're in the future room at the motel, he's got a rose in his teeth. Um, he's also carrying the ice that he goes to get the ice. A CD. He puts the CD in, so he had a CD in his hands. Of course. Uh, ice cream later when they're on their, their date, their cute date. Yes, true. I don't know if I can think of anything else that we haven't already No, mentioned. that's it. I think we covered a lot that's of pretty, it. It's yeah. a pretty good, it's a pretty solid list, because you, you were saying last night, he's got so many things in his hands. Yeah, he does. He's got a ton of things in his hands. So he plays the, the melodically plays the ukulele. I think that's all the, and he sings. Yeah, I don't think he plays more instruments than that. A guitar? I think he plays guitar at some point, too. Does he? Yeah, I think he's playing a guitar, like, one time when she's, like, away. There's, like, a guitar somewhere, and he's, like, playing guitar. All right. Well, Joe, we are going to watch the trailer, and now I gave you the link before. This is Blue Valentine okay. 2010 official trailer. 780,000 views posted by Movie Clips Classic Trailers on May 24th, 2014. I'm loading it up here now. Whenever you're ready, give me a shout. All right. Three, two, one, play. Okay. Oh, Weinstein, Weinstein Company. Uh, troubling. PWC. In retrospect. Yeah. You get Selection of Can. Can you? Sundance. Here. I'll play a song and you dance. Toronto. Okay. I can't really sing. Oh, it's the it's the scene where she uh she's tap, tap dancing. dances. Okay. I have to sing Goofy. 
I also like that they're, you know, in front of a wedding, uh, a bridal shop, and there's a heart on the it's, door. It seems, it's, I was thinking that, and I don't know if it's a bridal shop or if it's like a, like a goodwill type place. Well, there's you know? tuxes on the, on, in the window, and there's dresses and stuff. Yeah. I think yeah, I remember, I think I remember this trailer. Not, not like I just remember him singing. Like I remember the, the, him singing the song was so firmly tied to this movie. He looks really dope in black hoodies, by the way. Is that how you, you wish you looked in black hoodies? That's as good as I wish I looked in black hoodies. Yes, I do a lot. But like this shot of him by the Brooklyn Bridge right there with the black hoodie, I was like, oh, I like it. So dance yeah. this part. Okay, she's gonna dance to this part. Academy Award nominee Ryan Gosling. Yep. And she would be. I don't know if she was yet, but she would be for this. Oh, she was already. Okay. But she would get again nominated for this. I love you. Yeah. This is actually a pretty decent trailer. Because again, like you can't really spoil this movie, right? Like, but you know that it's about them essentially falling in love and and breaking up or whatever, but. Yeah, that's wow. Yeah, really well done trailer. I think that's why honest. I remember the trailer because I think it was just like, oh, this is like incredible. Yeah, it looked great. Wow, we don't really get a lot of great trailers, so that was refreshing. So she's been nominated four times for Oscars for Brokeback. Well, I guess that's maybe mm-hmm. where she met Heath Ledger. Okay. Uh, for this, for My Week with Marilyn, where she played Marilyn Monroe, and then again for Manchester by the Sea, but she has not won. She won one Golden Globe for My Week with Marilyn. She was also nominated. Uh, last year, I guess, for all the money in the world. She's a killer actress. She's great. She's incredible. Yeah. All right, Joe, Google game. I'm going to go to Google. I'm going to type in Blue Valentine, Ryan Gosling. Jacket. Jacket is sixth. Okay. There's a couple um, more you can get. Hair? Nope. Glasses? Seventh. Instrument? No, but there's Ukulele. a lot in, that, in There's a lot in the instrument world. Ukulele? Number two? Uh, melodica? Nope. Um, guitar? Nope. Think broader. Keyboard? Broader. Piano? Nope. Broader. T- what? Broader than guitar or yeah, not instru- not instrument, not like I said instrument. Yeah, but like broader than like on a bigger scale, like a more macro. Music, level. Uh, song is number one. Song, okay. Song lyrics is number four, and then singing is number six. Okay. I'm yeah, also gonna search Ryan Gosling, good. Blue Valentine, see if there's anything different. There's one other one. There's actually two other ones here. They're both clothing related. Shirt. Nope. Pants. Actually, there's three other ones. Uh, no. I said jacket already. Uh, oh, jacket. so jacket and there's leather jacket, but they weren't on the first one, but yes, and there's one other one. Okay, and um, glasses. Glasses is here, too, but there's, I guess there's, a, there's one other one, too. I don't know. Suit. Suit. Which I guess is his wedding suit, I guess? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Go to Letterbox Games. So this is where we do a couple different things on letterbox.com. Try to sort of figure out, see, see how much you can, how in tune you are with the Letterbox viewers, Joe. So for reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road has been seen by 372,000 people, okay? Yeah. Blue Valentine, 2010, directed by Derek C. in France, starring Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams. Average score, 3.8. How many people have seen this? 27, 175. Higher. Higher. 36, 274. Higher. 54,000. Higher. 65,000. Higher. 72. Higher. No way. 85. 83, 270. Jesus, Letterbox. When I told you that this movie was made for Letterbox, it's made for Letterbox. It is. I thought I was going high with 23,000. No, this is like firmly Sad Queen and Ryan Gosling and Romance. Yeah, Jesus. So now out of those 83,000 people, how many have it in their top four? I bet it's a lot. 125. Higher. Really? 
250. Higher. 375. Higher. 1500. 578. We're going to go to Alio Burmayer. She gave it five stars, three reviews of it. Wow, I'm not even sure what to say. I've never felt such truth in a movie about relationships. She talks a lot about it, and she says, wow, my heart is broken. I feel like this is a movie that no one should watch. She says, like... and, and Ryan fucking Gosling, he acted his ass off in this film, his best film to date, in my opinion. Then she watched it again, said, you know when a song comes on, you just got to dance. And then she wrote again, I don't think there's a film I love more. It, oh, ugh. Wow. So it's for number three. There's only one of these that you can get. I just feel like I'm going to be really shitty at this one. Just I'm going to find somebody else because this one you're only going to be. So yeah. number one is Palo Alto, which is a movie that James Franco, I think he wrote a book and I think he directed the adaptation of the book. I think something like that. Okay. Number four is a movie called Summer 1993, which came out uh, last year, I think, or two years ago. Okay. Number two is a movie that I know that you have seen that I think you love. It was nominated for Best Picture a year or two ago. It did not win but a movie that you love that's sort of kind of ish in, maybe not the same kind of movie as this, but a similar... Manchester by the Sea? No. More recent than that a little bit. What is it? I don't know. Lady Bird. Oh, okay. I get. Yeah, I guess. I can, like, they're not the same movie, but I can see somebody liking Lady Bird liking this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are we not... Let's see see this guy. This guy's C-Team, C-7-E-A-M. Boy, nope. That's what I'm saying. I don't think you're going to find one that really is going to be, like, anything... Because this isn't my wheelhouse, and I feel like if you like this movie, you're in this, you're in it. You know what I mean? Let me see if I can find one more. I'm just trying to see people who have written a bunch. Let's go to Emily at Emily Ugh on on Letterboxd. <laughs> um, this is her number two. Uh, number four. How do you like them apples? Oh, um, shit. With Mini Driver. What's the movie uh-huh. called? It's not your how fault. You... Matt Damon. It's not your fault. Ben Affleck. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's not helping. That's not your fault. I know the movie, but I can't get the name of it out. Um, I can't fault. get the name of it out. Goodwill Hunting. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Number one is a uh, a movie. How do I? Like, there's there's ways to sort of you know another tr- sort of tragic romance, tragic love story that people love that I love. Not as realistic as this, but it's also equally sort of devastating. If you're pitching La La Land right now, it's I'm not. No, so no, 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 no. <laughs> Sort of realistic, not really. <laughs> I, I don't know how to like really sort of give you other other clues, but Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet in a love story. We covered it for um, film club. Oh, Eternal Sunshine. Mm-hmm. And then number three is a movie. It was that's really funny. I I was saying something about Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, it's a movie that like I hate, and I said that you like it. Rachel said you, <laughs> Rachel said Joey seems like a guy that would like girls that like Eternal Sunshine, and I was like, yes, he yes he does. I certainly do. And then number three is a movie that you and I both love. I don't know how to get you to guess this though. I'll just say that it stars Kyle Mooney, and that's that's the slam dunk. Oh, is it um Brigsby? Yeah. Damn, that's a good lineup. Eternal okay, Sunshine, Blue Valentine, Brigsby Bear, Goodwill Hunting. So shout Not out bad. Emily. Ugh. That's that's a pretty good. That's a, that's well rounded. I think if you like Brigsby, then you're not like a you know you're not a psychopath. Yeah, exactly. All right, Joe. Fire ass titles. If we're renaming Blue Valentine oh, to be the most basic, the most High School Musical esque title for this, what are we going to name it? I'm going to say the Disillusion of a Marriage. I was going to say this is the end. Ooh, I like that. There's a lot of different ways I could go here, but like just like from the beginning to the end, or from alpha to omega, or from soup to nuts. Megan. <laughs> oh, God. What? Um, I just it's it's sad. Um, you always hurt the one, the one you, love. you love. Damn. The mover. Mm. The painter. The candlestick maker. <laughs> 
Thank you for that. Just, you know, you just, got you know, me. Rub a dub. I wasn't ready for it. It was well played. The alien's vagina. Robot's vagina. Robot's vagina. Sleazy motels. I mean, you could just do like the future. Like I, I, I think that it's very fitting that it's like the future room because it's their future. But like you know, the future, oh. the future room maybe. Nurses. I think there is a movie called this. I think it might be. I don't know if it's a Kubrick movie or not, but Love Story. Oh, that's a good one. That's that's pretty soft. Love Story. Melodicas. Hmm. The Uke. The Uke. Um, okay. Oh, wait, th- for for better or for worse? Ooh, or just I do. I do. Okay, Joe, the last thing we have to do is nominate this for awards. The Golden Geese, the Golden Fleece, the Golden Scorpions, possibly the Silver Varsity Jackets. Uh, best film, worst film. I'm going to say best film. Okay. Not that you want to watch it again, but, you know. No. Best, it's good. It's... Best role? Yeah? Maybe. Also, his name is Dean, which I feel like, not a Gosling name. No. But it works. This is tough. Before we get to best hair, most or least boyfriend material caliber role? Both? Most. Most? Most for sure. Okay. Yeah. Most for sure. I don't think worst. I, he, there's like some moments in it, but he's not like a scumbag the whole movie. Like he's just like yelling and frustrated. It's not like, like she's shitty. If it was least girlfriend material sure. moments. Yeah. Slam dunk here. Most fun film. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> best song. You always heard the one you love. Best soundtrack. That's a great song. Or I'm going to say no, which is mostly a couple songs. Best cinematography, I think it... I'm going to say it's yes. It's beautiful, but I don't think so. I, I don't know. Because I think it's, it's very specifically... And I don't think it's going to win, but I think it's very specifically... Like, it's shot with different ways, like modern-day versus old-timey, sort of different lenses. I was reading about that. I'm going to say yes. Fair. Best okay. costumes? Eh. Nah. Best Ryan Gosling hair, really. yes. Blue Mountain. Hair, yes. When he's younger, not when he's older and balding. I'll put in parentheses, younger. Best or uh, worst love story? Best love story, both? Because Seven Mia, Seven Mia, or both. Yeah, I would say worst love story. Okay. Best scream. I don't think he screams in this movie. No, he doesn't. He kind of yells a little bit, but it's it's mild. Definitely not a scream. Best cry. I'm gonna say at the end of his marriage. Oh, spoilers. Yeah. He does not get punched in the face. He punches a guy in the face. Does not get. He punched. gets punched in the face. Oh yeah, by by Brian he gets Ontario. Beat up. Yeah. Best instrument played. I'm gonna say ukulele. Really? You're gonna go with ukulele over melodica? I'm gonna say I'll do both. Okay. So now we have the guitar at the party in La La Land, the piano with Fassbender singing and song the song. I'm also going to say playing piano in the club in, in La La Land. Best kill, he doesn't kill anybody. Best job, movers, no offense to movers, but not as sexy as astronaut or sun, a stunt driver. Yeah, not as sexy. Best dancing scene. He They, they do a slow dance, but... You know, I, yeah. I, I, want, I want to nominate her, but, like, it's not a Gosling dancing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then once again, for the 10th of 15 times, got to nominate... Best non-Gaz role female, Michelle Williams. Yeah, she's great. I agree. So, Joe, if you have to pick a most boyfriend material moment for this movie, what's it going to be? Because I think mine's got to... It's got to be Walter. So what's tough is that's, that's not... You know, it's a it's a super boyfriendy moment, but not to her. Yeah, I was get, I was going to say eating the raisins off the counter. Mm. Like, just being a good dad is super boyfriendy to me. At least that's what I look for in a man. Even though she, <laughs> even though she is uh, not into it. Yeah. I mean, there's so much. I'll just go with the thing that made me cry, which is just, you know, not with her. He cares so much about this person he doesn't even know. Yeah. He wants him to have the best life. And then least boyfriend at the moment, I'm going to say getting his wife fired uh, for punching her boss. Yeah, well, I don't know, but he's, like, kind of avenging her. True, but again, is that the way you do it? No, but I don't think that, but I think that that disqualifies it for least boyfriend material moment. That's fair. What would you say is the least boyfriend material moment, then? Him yelling at her about leaving the gate open when the dog died. Mm, that's fair. That's it for me. Because, like, she's already sad about it, she finds the dog, and then he's like, it's your fucking fault anyways. And you're like, oh, God. Yep. Now, Joe, I don't know if you're going to remember what you guessed for this movie, but here are your guesses. Let's review and see how you got them right or got them wrong. Blue Valentine is the name of the flower shop that Ryan Gosling works at. He does not work at a flower shop, but he does buy flowers. 
quarter point. His brother-in-law comes to get flowers for his wife, Gaz's sister. He orders them to get a bunch of blue Valentine's Day roses. He forgets his wallet. Ryan Gosling says, just take care of it for me. Hmm. Not quite. Not quite. Close. No cigar. Then I said, what's the, what's the least? Because like, that seems so incredible. Like, he's such a gentleman there. Yeah. What could possibly be the least boyfriend material moment? And you said, he hates Valentine's Day. The day before Valentine's Day, he rubs his balls on all the flowers. There's a montage of people putting their face in them. He went for a run, a marathon training sprint right before it, too. So sweaty balls on your flowers. Sweaty balls on the flowers. So I'm going to say quarter point because there are flowers, but, you know. That's about it. That's about it. So now, Joe, our next movie is Lars and the Real Girl. What do you, oh, what God, do you know yes, about I know Lars and the Real Girl? A nothing. Not a thing. Do you know what the title refers to or no? Don't even tell me because I know where this movie's going. I already got it laid out in my head. Lars and the Real Girl is about a relationship between a man and a sex robot. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in love with a sex robot. And so the most boyfriend material thing that he does, he's, he's so worried about people not accepting his relationship with his sex robot. She's super futuristic, so she, like, has feelings and shit, too. Okay. So it's it's kind of like Blade Runner a little bit. And the most boyfriend material thing he does takes her to dinner with him one time. Okay. And everybody's, like, staring, and he's like, I don't care. I love you. Okay. And and so he is, like, at the dinner, like, that's the most boyfriend material thing he can do is, like, take her out of the house, right? Mm-hmm. The least boyfriend material thing he does is, like, they get into a fight once, mm-hmm. and he just, like, takes her battery out and then has sex with the robot without a battery Ooh. in it. So he, like, kind of, like, rapes his sex robot. Oof. Like, they're having a fight, and he's like, and she's like, no, don't do this to me. And he's like, burr, and, like, takes her battery out. And then it's like, well, she's here, so. Brutal. Am I close? The real girl is a sex doll. Is it? Yeah, really? Of course it is. Oh, okay. Cool. What else could it possibly refer to? I don't know. I don't know. That's what I was wondering. But we will talk about that probably as you're listening to this next week. As you're as we're recording this, we're going to be talking about it tomorrow. Um, yeah. So get ready for that. Joe, the next couple of moves we have, we have that. We have Fracture, Half Nelson, Stay, The Notebooks. We are creeping ever closer oh, to The Notebook. My I know. I'm so excited. End zone. My holy grail. My... I can't wait to hear your guesses for The Notebook. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's going to be why, because I, I, yeah, that's the only, I think that's the only Gosling movie that you have seen that I haven't. I know, that's what I'm saying. Boy, I can't wait. Boy, I'm so excited. Boy, oh, boyfriend yeah. material. Any other thoughts about Blue Valentine before we come back oh, yeah. next week? I have one thought, and that was like, this movie is like a very serious, depressing version of the movie Unfaithful. With Diane Lane? Yeah, with Diane Lane, which if you watch as a comedy is great. <laughs> Okay. I like Unfaithful. I think it's a funny movie. Do you think Rachel you could watch this as a comedy or no? Never. Yeah, I don't think so. This is too real. But Unfaithful's fun because there's like a murder and stuff. It's it's good. So for all things Boyfriend Material and also more importantly, our Fast and the Furious podcast, Too Fast, Too Forever, also our Zack Attack podcast or Zack Efron podcast, and Magic Mike's our Channing Tatum podcast, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, material at cageclub.me and we'll be back next episode for... What movie did we just talk about? Oh, Lars and the Real Girl. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And we'll see you next time right here on Boyfriend Material. You always heard the ones you love. Boy, you shouldn't hurt it all. You always stay the sweetest ropes and crush it. Until the petals fall You always bring The kindest hearts And with a hasty word you can You're actually good Okay, slow dance Slow dance to this part
And if I were old, your heart last night, it's because I love you more.